Good morning, good afternoon. Wherever you are in the world today, I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm so glad to be here. This is Wow, What a Show. And it is also the live outreach of uh, Rehoboth Institute of the Arts. We have a site, a, I guess they call it a uh, podcast web page, and that is Rehoboth Institute of the Arts, where all of our live shows, almost all of them anywhere, are uploaded, and they join the episode list there, along with some other recordings, episodes that we have produced just because of um, what we actually want to do on the podcast, and that is give a platform to many artists and those who have uh, creative ministries, things that are unique and different and wonderful, and are indeed um, calling people, or causing people to know that God is alive, well, and ready to receive them into his kingdom. Good evening, Light Touch. Good evening, Tony. God bless you. So glad you're here. And uh, maybe others will join us. Tonight, I don't think I'm going to do a lot of commenting because uh, the chapters are very long and uh, there's so much in them. So I am myself a little bit over overwhelmed because like in each um, chapter, I could go back and, and talk about so much that we left off. But we are again in um, chapter 7 of the book of the Gospel of John. And so we're going to get right started, you know, get right to it, I'm saying, and uh, go ahead and um, see what the good Lord is going to reveal to us tonight. God bless you guys for being around. Thank you for your faithfulness. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, you know the hours in our days. You know our thoughts. It's like Psalm 139 tells us, like you know us from afar off. You know everything, right? And there's no place that we can go where we can escape you. And for us, that is so good because our fellowship is with you. And we are revisiting the telling of the gospel that you lived and taught at a particular moment in human history. We are revisiting it to mine it for all that you intended for the church. We thank you, Father, that in this revealing, this revisiting, we see again the fellowship that you had with your disciples and their faith in you. So thank you for this gospel. Thank you for this look from John's perspective, his point of view, his relationship. Thank you for leaving a written word so that those people who tell the story are corrected and checked by the the record that you have left. And we know that you are God and powerful enough, all-knowing enough, all-present enough to make sure that your word is preserved in truth and in spirit. We thank you for that. Guide us tonight. 
Lord, unveil that which we have not seen before and reveal even further meaning for that which we have. Help us, Lord God, to live and to walk with you and to worship you just as you have said we must in spirit and in truth. For these things I ask you and thank you, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus Christ. So, guys, here we go. No need to tarry, right? Yes. Okay, the Feast of Tabernacles is the heading. So we start. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews' Feast of Tabernacles was at hand. His brethren therefore said unto him, Depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you do. For there is no man that does anything in secret, and he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world, for neither did his brethren believe in him. Now that's important right there for me. His brothers did not even believe in him. There's a reason for that, and God knew it would be so, and we'll talk about it in a minute. Then, verse 6, Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but me it hates, because I testify of it, that the works of it are evil. So you go up into the feast. I do not go up yet unto the feast, for my time is not yet full come. Now listen to him. I'm talking brilliance. God is brilliant beyond what we know and understand as brilliant. He says, for my time is not yet full come. Verse 9, when he had said these words unto them, He abode still in Galilee. But when his brethren were gone up, then he also went up to the feast, not openly, but as it were, in secret. Then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? And there was a lot of murmuring among the people concerning him. For some said, Well, he's a good man. Others said, No, but he deceives the people. How be it no man spake openly of him for fear of the Jews. Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up unto the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, How does he know this stuff? He's a, This man letters, he's not learned. And Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaks of himself seeks his own glory, but he that seeks his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keep the law? Why do you go about to kill me. The people answered and said, You have a devil who goeth about to kill you. Jesus answered and said unto them, I have done one work, 
and you all marvel. Moses therefore gave you circumcision, not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers. And you on the Sabbath day circumcise a man. If a man on the Sabbath day receives circumcision that the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry at me because I have made a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day? Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Wow. I mean, right? You're just taken away with this amazement um, caused by God. You see, Jesus Christ is God and God knows everything. So these people are talking to him as if he isn't God. So they're really revealing to to uh, revealing to the world their lack of understanding. But God understands and knows, and when he speaks, that is manifest. So verse 25, he says, then said, it is written, then said some of them of Jerusalem, is not this he whom they seek to kill? But lo, he speaketh boldly, and they say nothing unto him. Um, do the rulers know indeed that this is the very Christ? Howbeit we know this man whence he is, but when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, You both know me, and you know whence I am. And I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom ye know not, but I know him, for I am from him, and he hath sent me. Then they really did seek to take him, but no man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. And many of the people believed on him and said, When Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than these which this man hath done? The Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him. And the Pharisees and the chief priests and officers to take him. Then said Jesus to them, Yet a little while am I with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. You shall seek me and shall not find me, and where I am, thither you cannot come. Then said the Jews among themselves, Whither will he go? that we shall not find him. Will he go unto the dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles? What manner of saying is this that he said, you shall seek me and shall not find me and where I am thither you cannot come. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet come, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said, Of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? Hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem, wherever David was? So there was a division among the people because of him. And some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto them, 
Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, Never man spake like this man. Then answered them the Pharisees, Are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers or of the Pharisees uh, believed on him? But this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. Nicodemus saith unto them, he, he is the one who came to Jesus by night, being one of them. Doth our law judge any man before it hear him, and know what he doeth? They answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. And every man went unto his own house. Wow. You know, every chapter gets a little more uh, profound, right? Every chapter reveals a little bit more of God as the Son of God and the Son of Man and the divinity of Jesus Christ and his positioning. It is amazing to me. And I'm not quite sure that we would, if we didn't slow down, right, really, and start to really contemplate and look at these scriptures and hear from the Spirit of God as we read through them, I'm not quite sure we would ever grasp uh, in any meaningful way what really is happening, what happened in that moment in time, that brief time that Jesus Christ walked in the world. He did not waste any time. He was not um, vulnerable to the whims of these Jewish people. Every moment and every uh, every uh, opportunity he had to fulfill the very purpose for which he came, what he was he used to do just that. And so he walked now in Galilee. He wouldn't go into the jury because he knew that they were trying to kill him. And don't you just wonder why they didn't? Because he showed up. He was there in the open, in the public. And there were times when, because his hour had not come for the thing that they wanted to do, he was able not to be seen. I don't think that he just, in a clandestine way, threw a hoodie over his head and walked out. I believe that the supernatural, the spirit of God that and the power of him allowed him to be where he was and not be where they wanted him to be at the same time. And so he never was taken before the exact hour. See, I know this to be so. When I read the book of Genesis and the prophet, uh, God told Abraham that his seed would be uh, in bondage for 400 years, right? You're looking and you're saying, wow, how, you know, when is it going to come, come, come about? But then you read on through and you see that little Joseph was the, um, he was like the, 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 oh, what do you call it? Mm. The very person that God would use. He knew it was going to be so. So it gives Joseph this dream that his brethren will bow down to him, right? And they, in their jealousy, sought to kill him and throw him out. And God worked right through the plan. Joseph now was prepared to come into Egypt to be uh, augmented in position so that 
when the time came, you see the fullness of time, when the time came, his brethren, his father, his people would be delivered from a famine and saved. But after the old Pharaoh was gone and the favor of Joseph was away from the Jewish people, this is years after, I think even Joseph was dead, a new Pharaoh arose and once again, the evil of the world sought to take the Jews out. And so they were put in bondage. They were the slaves to the Egyptians. And that 400 years was accomplished just as God had spoken it to Abraham. And then God delivered. That should give us as people of color in this country, or I don't even like to say of color. Everybody has a little bit of color anyway, right? But people who have been oppressed and uh, downtrodden and used and abused and uh, mis- mis- misused, right, over and over again, God is working a plan. And the hour of our deliverance is yet to come. It will come, and not by our hand It will come by the hand of God. We patiently wait like Joseph. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. We stand in that place as those who believe. And when he told his brothers, now he grew up in the house with his brothers, right? We go back up into start, you know, about the sixth, uh, well, right at the beginning of the chapter, when they're telling them, why don't you go up there and show yourself? You shouldn't be, you know, don't hide it if you're who you say you are. These are his brothers. <laughs> they grew up in the house with him, right? And it's rather like Joseph's brothers. They're looking at him. They know he's special. You got to know that he was special. That's why Mary told him at the wedding, uh, they don't have any, they don't have any wine. And then he said, "Woman, what have I to do with thee?" And he goes, "She went right and told the servants, do whatever he says." They knew. You see, they knew. They knew. They had grown up with him. They knew he was unique. He was different. He was special. And they also knew that he had the faith. At least they would define it such to to work the miracles. You see, but really, Mary knew he was the Son of God. She knew because the angel had told her, you don't forget stuff that the Lord speaks to you supernaturally. And she saw an angel. You don't forget that. I'm telling you, I don't care how old you get, how long you live. That's not something you forget. Mary knew. And so the brothers now are looking at him. They saying, oh, he thinks he's all that. Probably, you see, some of that little sibling stuff that goes on. I'm one of 13 children. I can tell you it goes on, not necessarily for detriment or, or, or ugly, right? But for challenge. Maybe they were saying, you need to stop acting like this. You need to be normal in one of us. Go on out there then and show yourself and see what they could be saying it from that point of view as well. But Jesus knew who he was. Jesus said to them, my time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. You can go. Nobody's looking to hurt you. The world can't hate you. You're a part of the world. But you see, I'm not. And they don't like me. They don't want me there because I testify of them that the works that they do in this world are evil. So you go on up to the feast. I'm not going up just yet. For my time is not yet. What is the word there? Full come. In other words, he's right upon it. But the moment... God works in precision the very moment, the very hour, the very minute 
the very second for him to go up had not come. So he's speaking truth. He hangs right in it. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so they went, and he went up after they were gone for the fullness of the time for him to be where he was supposed to be and to do what he was supposed to do. And then he taught, and people marveled at the magnificence of his teaching. It is written in one of the Gospels, he taught with authority. He taught with knowledge and understanding. And they marveled because they said, how is it that he knows and he has not been learning? In other words, he hadn't gone to whatever their little uh, mode of education was to learn. You know, there were schools back there. Looking, where is it? Uh, Elijah, uh, Elijah had a school for prophets, right? So we know that these people are going and they're learning to become the Pharisee, to become the uh, Sadducee, to become the high priest. They were learning in Jewish scriptures. They knew. But here it is, Jesus Christ, who had not been to any of that, coming out of this little place. They thought he came out of Galilee, and he did grow up in Galilee. He was born in Bethlehem. So they 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 kicked him to the curb. They put him aside. They couldn't see how he, he could know anything. Because you see, he was not of the what the status that they were. He didn't have the PhD. He didn't have the masters. He didn't even have their bachelors. And yet here he is, God among them, and they could not bear it. Who is he? How does he know this stuff? And he says, uh, I don't speak my own gospel. I'm not talking. I'm not, my doctrine is this is not my doctrine. This is the doctrine of the one you study. This is the doctrine of God. I speak it, right? And they said, uh, what, what, what? This man has a devil. Who's going to kill you when he said, you know, if you think the people are going to uh, kill you because he asked him the question, Moses gave you the law and you do something that, so now we're going back into the last chapter where he healed the man and told him to take up his bed and walk and the man takes it up and these guys see him say, why are you doing that on the Sabbath day? So Jesus refers back to that. He says, um, you will uh, circumcise a man to keep the law, but I can't heal the man. I can't make him whole on the Sabbath, but you will circumcise him on the Sabbath. Something that really could have waited. <laughs> his, his, his health is uh, dependent, you see, on what I did. And they're saying, but for this, you want to kill me. And they go, now you've got a devil who's going about to kill you. See, they wouldn't admit they won't tell the truth. But but Jesus Christ is truth. And every word he speaks is truth. And he says, uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, this is the righteousness of God. You you circumcise, I heal. What's, what, what's wrong with that? But their lack of understanding could not speak to that. And um, some of them, uh, let's see, then said some of them Jews is that this he whom they seek to kill, they question it. So isn't this the man that you all want to kill? Here he is, but you don't do anything. You're not taking it. Uh, don't you know that this is the very Christ? Or do you know that he is, right? And uh, Jesus is, is there in that temple and he says to them, you know me and you know 
from whence I am, from where I've come from. And I didn't come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom you do not know, but I know him, for I am from him, and he has sent me. Then they really did want to take him and kill him, but no person could take him because the time had not come. And so many people did believe on him there, right? And then um, uh, others said, well, uh, who, who, who can do more miracles than this man? Is he not Christ? You see, guys, you know what? When I read this, I hear the same kind of skepticism and the same kind of run to it that we experience in, in the present world. So men are not all that different. Times are not different. Culture is not that different. Even though many years have come and a lot of people, you know, dress up and they look good and they call this civilization and they call it advanced, but we're acting in the same way. So remember Jesus Christ told him these people were following him after he had fed them, they're coming and looking for him. And he says, I know you, you, you're not coming because of the miracles you saw me do, but you're coming because you ate of the bread. You, I fed you. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you, I look around and I see people will go where food is quick, like and in a real hurry, right? And they'll be just, you know, taking it in and enjoying the food and not hearing the messages at all. And that's what Jesus knew. Remember, he said he didn't commit himself unto people because he knew what was in people. He did not put any stock in their commitment to him because he knew who was and who was not. And he knew also that folks are taken, uh, you know, they, they, they take, they take to that which feeds the flesh. They take to the pleasure of life, not to the spiritual matters that are forever and that will last. It's easy to satisfy the flesh. It's a little harder, right, to augment that flesh, to crucify it and live in the spirit. And then when he says to them, um, I am with you now, but in a little while, I am going to go to him that sent me and you shall seek me and shall not find me. And where I am, you can't come. You won't be able to to come where I am. And they got really mad then and said, so where, where are you going to go? Uh, that we won't be able to find you. Will you go to the Gentiles now? You know, the Jews weren't trying to really fellowship with those Gentiles. They didn't even want to fellowship with the Samaritans who were part Jew. So they had separated themselves so completely. And they asked, no, is that what you're going to do? You're going to go out there and teach the Gentiles because you can't teach us. Maybe they're thinking, you know, in the, in the back of that statement. And what kind of saying is this? He said, you shall seek me and won't be able to find me. And where I go, you can't come. And Jesus Christ goes on to say, if any man thirsts, I love it. He is so, I, I'm telling you, I think the thing that is so amazing for me, because you see, I'm a poor girl and I had to be educated with the people of great stature, status and respected. But because of 
my standing, I guess, in school. I wasn't trying to make A's or any of that. I wasn't trying to be smart. But somehow I land in this group of people who are all out of the elite of the black uh, bourgeoisie. (laughs) And in there, you know some things. You find out some things, right? And what is so impressive to me in God is how very able he is to speak to that which really has no lasting value. The people of the earth suffer through similar trials and tribulations. And it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much status you have. It doesn't matter how much education you have. It doesn't matter how honored you are amongst men of high degree. What matters is, will I ever be satisfied? Will I ever fulfill my purpose? Will I even find it out? Will I find true peace? And that's what God speaks to. The thing that man cannot do. No man by his honor, no man by his education, no man by his status, no man by his associations, no man by his success, nobody can establish these things. I'm telling you. And when I have, as long as I have known him, I know that in my darkest moment, in my loneliest hour, when there was no friend, there was no family, there was no one to turn to. You see, he, almighty God, accessed through this Jesus, the same anointed one who came and died for your sins and mine, was there. And it isn't because a man doesn't want to be there. It isn't because family doesn't want to be there. It isn't that they actually do turn their backs. It isn't that at all. It is that they have not the power to be where they cannot be. But God being omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, everywhere at the same time, omnipotent, all-powerful, can be with me. And so, when he gave me to drink, and I was young when he did it, I don't thirst anymore because I can, you see, drink from the well of salvation and my thirst is quenched. I do not long for his presence. I don't long for his peace. I don't long for fellowship. I have it all the time. It's just a thought away. It's a quick blink if I forget. Because you see, his commitment to me is forever. He promised and he keeps his promise. He says then, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly 
shall flow rivers of living water. And in that he said such a thing, he spoke of the Spirit, so that whoever believes on him would receive the Holy Ghost. But it wasn't given yet, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. But it was in there where he was, because in the beginning was God. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he is the light and the life of the world. And there he was, Jesus Christ, right there. But the grasp and the receiving of it was not yet for these people because, you see, he was still in the form of the Son of Man and present with them. And the plan of God was that it would follow him. Now, you know it needed to follow him. For the disciples and those who knew him and walked with him, you know that once he was ascended, once he was glorified, we would die if we didn't have his presence with us. And so the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is the manifestation, the proof, the power of the same God. And wherever you are and wherever I am and whenever we need him, there he is. He's leading us with his own eye, the psalmist writes. He is speaking to us and guiding us in the way that we should go. He is quenching your thirst continually. He is giving peace always. He is the presence of God with us, among us, teaching, reproving us of sin, bringing us when we stray, revealing to us when we don't understand, bringing us into the unity of the Spirit of God, making us the body of Christ, giving us the fellowship and the beauty of the love of God amongst us. He is always with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And many of those people said of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. See, they were waiting for the Christ. They knew something special was going to happen for them because you, the prophets had said so. And they spoke as of the oracles of God. They spoke what God put in their mouths to say. But they still, some of them, had this Galilee thing on them. You know what I mean? Now, let me tell you, when something gets in your mind like that, that would cause you to doubt, you really ought to go search it out. Can any good thing come out of Galilee? Because he grew up in Galilee. Hey, well, I was born in Monroe, but I grew up in Durham. And if I didn't tell anybody that I was from Monroe, they would not have known. If the record were not there to prove it, how could they find out? But the scriptures said the very stuff that these guys were reading told them that he was 
to come from Bethlehem. And because of all the miracles that he had performed, don't you think the high priest and the Pharisees and all them would have gone into the record and say, where was this dude really born? Where did he come from for sure? He is so miraculously endowed, we really need to know more about him. But nope, they just played around with their lack of knowledge. Pastor John Thomas says all the time, constantly this is the man's message. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, so that you might rightly divide the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15, study, right? Study doesn't make you spiritual, but it will give you knowledge. Study will bring you in the presence of the revelation of God, and you will then be endowed by the Spirit to know a thing or two if you study. Study also gives you fellowship and allows you to hear from the Lord. Because what do we know? So even when we study, if we don't hear from the Spirit of God, our study is of almost no avail. I can study and come up and know nothing. But if I study and the Holy Spirit is in the study, I am now empowered. Study. They could have done so, but they were so determined that it could not be him because he came from Galilee, you see, that they would not even check it out. <laughs> and then people are so amazed by him, the officers that should have taken him in, the Pharisees, all these people are amazed by him. And they, the, the, the folks who are against him still ask, are you deceived? Are you deceived? Are you deceived? How can it be? He came from Galilee. What is it that we learn as we read? What do we learn about the Lord? This is the first question I think that we should all ask ourselves when we are reading through God's word. Even if you sit and read for 15 minutes or five minutes, what did I learn about God? Not just learning to learn, right? Not learning so you can go and impress someone with what you, what you know, but what did you, the person, what did you, the believer, what did you encounter in that moment that you had with the Lord? Define it. And then you are endowed with spiritual understanding. And that becomes the transformative power of our lives. We are being made in the image of Jesus Christ, in the fullness of the stature God is bringing us of Jesus Christ. What did I gather here? I sat to, to you know, to try and pull it together for tonight. But I, what I wanted to do was a recap, and I wanted to go back and say, to this point, this is where we are. And this is kind of where the rubber is meeting the road, as my old teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, always says, that old Southerner, right? He was in Texas. He was in, you know, he's a Southerner. He ended up in California, but he still had that Southern thing on him. And when we say the rubber is meeting the road, that means that you are engaged. The friction is happening. 
and the tires are rolling. And there is progress and progress and progress and progress. You're moving forward. Where the rubber meets the road here is that we see Jesus Christ in the glory because remember in the first chapter and we beheld his glory. The glory we beheld as a man in the earth. We beheld his glory. And um, that's how he was recognized. And the glory was symbolized by the dove. So John knew who he was. God told him, on whom you see the dove rest. It is my son in whom I'm well pleased. That's who it is, right? So here, Jesus is getting more and more bold. And he has now, really, not just now, but he has continued in the evangelization of these Jewish people. Remember, he came to his own, but his own received him not. That's what we're seeing, the rejection but Jesus bears down and continues in the purpose. Through this one also, and uh, we see in chapter 6, we see a rep- repetition of his purpose. He keeps staying in the purpose. He knows why he came to this earth. He knows what he came to do. He does not draw back from it. He is steadfast, and he's moving forward in it. He doesn't stand back from it and he doesn't give way to um, the total commitment just yet because his hour has not come there is a precise time when God will do what he will do even with you and me even with you and me My prayer is that I can wait, that I can live spiritually in patience and wait and trust and know that God is working everything according to plan. And he is always on time. He will never be late. He also never forsakes us. He never leaves us. And whatever he promised in his word, by his word, by his spirit, he will give and he will bring into reality for you and for me. Praise the Lord indeed. Hallelujah. You know, God is so wonderful. And there are days, I love it. I would love to live continuously in the spiritual place that a Lord, my Father, allows me to enter in his presence. I would love to live there forever. I would not even want to come out, except he, it's like he um, gently puts you back in the place so that you can continue in the plan. And I know that Jesus Christ walked 
in such a way as this man, except that he never came out of the presence of God. He was always there because he's so divine in his way. Well, come on, what did I say? And that word was made flesh and walked among us. He is God. But it's written in Hebrews that he was in every uh, point, such as we, tempted. So he had the the uh, experience of a natural man. And because of his divinity, he did so without sin. So we know that he continuously walked in the divine place. That is a sweet, sweet place. And if you've never been there, if you've never really entered into the spiritual worship of God, I pray tonight that somehow God will penetrate your very existence with his presence and you will, like I do, fall before him in worship, knowing that without him, there is no living water without him. There is no bread for sustenance. There is nothing that feeds me, but that doesn't ever leave me hungry. Without him, life would be futility. Without him, there would be no joy. Without him, there would be no hope. And without him, there is no true success because there is no truth in any way. So I pray that the Lord will give you the moments that he has given me. If you haven't already had them, and I'm really assuming that you have. But just in case, I am the witness of that. And I ask the Lord to fill your moments with his presence when you really need him. And that he will really, really allow you to know him in true fellowship so that you are never, ever alone or in despair. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are all that we will ever need. But Lord, we're so... We're so slow to understand it. Will you please just help us? Help us, Lord God, help us. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ to experience you in the fullness of who you are and to satisfy every need. Help us, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you have any um, comments that you would like to make as I go back and read through those that are given here, I sure would love to receive them. Um, good evening, good evening, good evening to all. I see that besides my faithful, wonderful friends, Tony, Light Touch, Freshen, um, there is um, Quado. Alessi Quadwo, Wirudu, God bless you for coming. Virtuous warrior, a woman of valor. Praise the Lord. Fresh in spaces. Love you. Amy Kay, love to you. Pastor Thomas, thank you. Um, 
amazing. His anguish for my joy. All thanks and praise be unto you, O Lord. My Jesus, absolutely light touch. I totally, totally share such a sentiment. And hallelujah. God is good. We praise him for his, just his mercy, his constancy. We praise him that when we call on him, he's always there, willing, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That if he was your healer, yesterday is your healer today. If he was your deliverer yesterday, he's your deliverer today. If he was the lover of your soul, and let me tell you, that's where he has filled me to overflowing. He is the same today. If he was your hope, your joy, that he is still. If he is your savior and was yesterday, he is today. And his promise that he will always be. And whatever I lack, he is going to bring me to it. He will bring me to it. That's my belief. Last week, I told you to pay attention to that word belief. Contemplate it. Look it up. Just wrestle with the word Believe, because to as many as believed, he gave power to become the sons of God. And girls, we don't feel any way left out. He didn't say sons and daughters because in God, there's neither male nor female. So if he wants to refer to me as a son, I can handle that. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Lord. I have no problem with whatever my father wants me to be. However, he wants me to function. I can live with it. Why? Because he lives with me. I glorify him tonight and I thank him so much for getting me through it. I was going to do a recap. I spent my time on the recap, but we shall recap at another time. I'm I'm just trying to pull all of this together. So, so much. And one day God is going to just sit me in a room and let me close the door, hear from no one and get it all down on paper. Remember, I told you when I wrote that manual for dancers, it didn't serve anybody like it served me. Glory to God. And I know this is going to do the same. I see the church unfolding. We are the body of Christ. Watch where he walks. Watch how he talks. Watch what he does, what he says, how he feels, how he expresses, what he does for others. And you will see the church. And remember, it's going to be a pure church. He will purify. So it is written. God is not going to take a group of people and call them his body into glory if they are raggedy and dirty. It has to be pure. So tonight, Father, open us up to receive really this living water, truly this bread of life that we are nourished and turned into the very sons of God that you have given us the power to become. I glorify you and I thank you so much. All of you who have come, may God bless you abundantly. May you have a really good night. Sleep really well. And I do pray that we shall encounter one another again next week when we shall walk through chapter 8. And let me tell you, I'm just following the Holy Ghost as we go. Whatever he says, he must say because Phyllis does not have the wherewithal to be that uh, endowed 
but I trust God for every word and I thank him. Every time you come, you bless me. I glorify him for you and I hope that you have a wonderful night. Remember, we go out rejoicing. So I play some very lively music because these are the things about which we do rejoice. This is the eternal. I bless him now. Have a great night. Now, nobody else wrote anything, so I can't even, you know, read anything because you didn't write anything. And I wonder why you're not writing. You used to <laughs> write so much. I tell you, I love what you write. Okay. But I'll let you, I'll let you rest in that. Okay, guys. God bless now. Have a great night. Bye bye.